Welcome to the Water and Stone podcast. You are listening to episode 115. The title of our Sunday worship service for May 5th, 2019 is Truth Talks, BS Walks. It is the first in our series of the same name. Your life is a direct result of your belief system. When we take charge of what we believe and put it into alignment with what we know, we can change everything. Our scripture today comes from 1 Corinthians 13.6. A real Corinthian scripture today. <laughs> Love does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. Love does not rejoice with unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. Love, in other words, has nothing to do with lies. This is a big deal. And it might sound familiar to you because everybody has heard it before if you've ever been to a wedding. Now, I get it. It's in the middle. It's in one of the greatest hits parts of Scripture. It's that that part in Corinthians that we almost always read in a wedding. I really like to do it. The part that starts with love is patient, love is kind, and it ends with love never fails. Most people know the book ends. But there's a lot of stuff in the middle that's kind of important. You see, I have a very special job to do when I preside over a wedding ceremony. It's a big deal. It's one of the most important things that I get to do. And I love, love doing weddings. It's so important in so many ways. It's so important because, as you may have heard me say before, I don't have some kind of magic power where I say special words and, ta-da, your love is valid. It was valid before. That's not the purpose of a ceremony. As you know, the purpose of a ceremony is that it's an outward expression of something that is already going on on the inside. I can't make love happen because love is already the thing in which we live and move and have our being. That's not the deal. I can't abracadabra love into existence. Love is. The purpose for a ceremony is that it is a time for two people to say, we mean it. We stand up for love. And here's the deal. If you don't stand up for it, you don't experience it. There are a lot of people keeping stuff on the inside, hiding their light under a bushel, so to speak, sitting on something pretty amazing that they don't let out. And there's something wonderful that happens when you just stand up for it. And man, oh man, it is my sacred duty to get to be the person that says, okay, let's do this. But as part of that, I have as part of my honor and my responsibility, my job is to give the instructions that's what it is. And I don't know about you, but I've been halfway through assembling a lot of pieces of furniture and one Allen wrench and two bolts short, wishing I had started with the instructions instead of just assuming something. And love is a powerful thing. You get going on it, and sometimes it's easy to forget the middle part. You know when you install a piece of software and it says, do you agree? <laughs> I will agree to anything. And I have installed so much software in my life, I have no idea what I have agreed to because you scroll down and you're like, yeah, whatever, fine. You scroll down and I agree, I have no idea. It could say in the middle, you are required to wear a funny hat. At this point, it would not surprise me if somebody showed up at my house and said, here's your hat. You agreed. Most people don't, you know, you don't read the thing. But as it turns out, there's important stuff in the middle there. A lot of people are really solid on the love is patient, love is kind thing. And a lot of people are really solid on the love never fails. Let me turn that around. If it failed, it ain't love. 
This is important. We're going to come back to that in a minute. But it's easy to miss that part in the middle where the statement is basically, if it's love, it tells the truth. And if it's love, it doesn't put up with something that isn't true. This is a big deal. We are at the beginning of a brand new series and the point of the series is let's get done with stuff that doesn't work anymore. Let's take out the garbage. Let's get done with the stuff that just isn't working, that just isn't true. Because we've got important things to do. Hmm, this is a big deal. And so as we begin this series, I want to get really clear on something really important. Table stakes for the whole thing. It all starts with love and more specifically it starts with a very important understanding about love. Are you ready? Love is not defined by your ability to put up with stuff that hurts. I'll say it again, because there's too many movies with Ryan Gosling and too many Hallmark cards that say that love is about enduring something painful. Love is not about my ability to put up with toxicity. That ain't love. That's something else. Ego, fear, mind games, whatever it is, I don't care what it is. It doesn't matter. I'm in the love business. I don't care what it is. It's not helpful. We're going to get done with it. But people have this idea that, you know, if I love, I can endure anything. And if I love you, I can slay dragons in your name. And that's beautiful, and I love that. When you give yourself to love, yeah, you are unstoppable because love is unstoppable. You can put up with anything. You can do anything. You can, you can bear, believe, endure anything, just like the Scripture says. But that's not the point. That's a byproduct. Of course you can slay a dragon, but dragons aren't the point of love. It's easy to mistake the byproduct for the goal. And there are so many people who define love by how much of a martyr they can be. I really love you. Look how much I hit myself in the head with a two-by-four. Love. Isn't it sweet? No, it's dumb. That ain't love. We're going to find a definition of love that involves something bigger. So I'm going to say it one more time. Life is not an endurance event. If you treat it like that, you're going to have a life that you've got to endure, but it's not what you were meant for. This is why we read the instructions, boys and girls. Life is something bigger. I came that your joy might be full. It's time to find a bigger, more important definition of love because it's time to have a bigger, more important kind of life. Let's get over the idea that it's all about finding dragons and finding ways to beat ourselves up and finding what we can put up with. It's time to find a different definition of what's heroic. Because think about the heroes that you've had. Think about the heroes that you've had in your life. And you should have a lot. It's important to have a rich pantheon of heroes. Look for them. Think back at your life, the people who have stood for something, that meant something to you, taught you something, showed you something. Have a bunch of them. Go looking for them have heroes. But when you think about it, the heroes that you have aren't defined by how strong they are. You know, I'm a big Superman fan and all that, but not all of your heroes are strong. Some of them have no physical prowess at all. Not all of your heroes are rich. Some of them quite the opposite. Not all of your heroes are good looking. Not all of your heroes are popular. Not all of your heroes are smart. These are all nice qualities, but that's not the essential quality of a hero. When you think about it, all of the heroes that you ever had, their qualities vary, but there's one thing that they all have in common. A hero is someone who can make a decision. The essential heroic quality is no more. 
this whatever it was doesn't work anymore. We've got to do this differently. The essential heroic quality is the ability to say, this is what I am called to do. That's what heroes do. They choose. And that's important because a lot of us have grown up with this idea that if you loved me, you just let me keep being a jerk to you. I'm over it. That ain't love. And that's not heroic. A hero is someone who can make a choice. A hero is somebody who can take out the trash. That's heroic. <laughs> but I'll put that a different way. Here's the deal. You are a child of God. And one of the things that that means is you are part of infinity. There's no later and there's no was for God. For God, there's just this eternal right now. There's not near and far. There's not here and there for God. It's always this eternal right here. God just is. We partake in infinity. Think about that. It's amazing to think about. And yet, in this moment, right now, in this little parenthesis in eternity, there's only so much space in your mind. There's only so much space in your heart. There is only so much space in your life. You partake in infinity, but in this moment, there is only so much room. So that's exhibit A. <laughs> when you combine that with the idea that what you allow in your mind, your heart, your life, what you let in, you're going to get more of. Remember, as we always say, life is what you allow. Well, if you take those two pieces of information and combine them, if, if what you allow in is what you get more of, and you've only got so much room, well, you've got to take out the trash. That's how this works. Hmm. If you can't let go of what is a lie, you're just going to have to make do with less truth. If you can't let go of what doesn't work, you're going to have to make do with less functionality. There's only so much room. So let's you and me be the kind of people who learn how to let go of what we have outgrown. Oh, man, that's what makes you a hero. When I think about my heroes, I have a lot, and I'm always collecting more. But as I was getting ready for this talk, there's a, a couple of people popped up right away from me. Some of you know my process. Basically, after Sunday, after we get everything packed in the cars, sometimes I go get something to eat, sometimes not. But I end up on the couch. I fall asleep for a few minutes. Then I get up and I start working on my talk for the next week. That's just what I do. Every day I think about it and I work on it. And I'm writing stuff down. I look like a crazy person. I'm always just, I got a journal with me. I'm writing stuff down. I get ideas. And sometimes it's not until Friday that I have some ideas about certain parts of what I want to say. But man, oh man, I was thinking about some heroes. And these two popped up for me on Sunday afternoon last week. Thinking about who exemplifies that idea that love is about telling the truth. And there's a couple uh, that, that have been heroes to me since I was a kid. And maybe you've heard of them, maybe you haven't. Their names are Lou Reed and Lori Anderson. Not Lonnie Anderson, that's Bert, and we're not going to go there. Lou Reed and Lori Anderson. Now, you know Lou Reed? He hung out with Andy Warhol, Velvet Underground, Take a Walk on the Wild Side. His version of China Girl is much better than David Bowie's version. Sorry, but it's true. And Lori Anderson, an important artist and thinker and activist and musician. I remember the first time I was listening to music, and I thought, wow, this isn't just music. This is art, and it's important, and it's weird. And I'm not sure if I like it or not, but there's, I'm thinking. You know, something happened. It was a Laurie Anderson album. Now, I'm not expecting you to, to know much about who they are. Google's your friend later when you go home. But cool stuff. And they were together for a long time in the world of art and in the world of rock and roll, in the world where people just don't stay together. 
And they stood up for things and they made important art that, that moved people and they, they just stayed together. They were a power couple and they stayed creative. It meant a lot to me. It can happen, I thought to myself. You can find someone who you can work with. <laughs> it's a big deal, man. And I remember watching an interview with the two of them. And the interviewer said, how do you do it? How do you stay productive and creative? How do you stay artistic and powerful and so awesome and still be healthy for each other? How does that work? Because our culture has taught us that those two things don't always go together, you know? And they said, we have three rules that we live by together. And in living by those three rules, we have stayed together and we've stayed relevant and we've stayed vital, the whole thing. This is how it works. And those three rules popped up for me last week because that's kind of how you live out the stereo instructions. Three rules. Are you ready? Here's rule number one. Don't be afraid of anybody. If you're going to write stuff down, this is a good thing to write down. Rule number one, don't be afraid of anybody. This is a big deal because here's what I want you to know. You are a child of God, and that means that nobody can take your good from you. If it's supposed to be yours, it's going to be yours, and if it ain't, it's not. So let's get over being afraid that somebody's going to come take our stuff. This is not preschool. Be a good steward for what life has given you and all of that. But at the end of the day, let's not be afraid. Let's not be the kind of people that when the phone rings, we go, uh-oh, here it comes. Don't be afraid of anybody because the thing is, we are all in the same boat. That phrase, our father, means our father, means brothers and sisters, means it's time to get over the idea that we're supposed to be afraid. What if we really knew by how we saw people, by the way that we conducted ourselves, that we don't have to be afraid? Remember, life is what you allow. And if you decide there's a boogeyman around the corner, in the eyes of every stranger, you're going to have a really scared life for no reason. Don't be afraid of anybody. Think about what that might look like. Just rule number one, what would that look like for you? Man, there's some things to let go of. Rule number two, and in some ways this is my favorite one. Get a really good BS detector. Now, they didn't use the initials. I'm going to because, you know, church. Get a really good BS detector. Their words. And I love the idea of being the kind of person that goes, no, 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 wait, that ain't it. Think about how powerful that is. Think about moments in your life where something just clicked for you and, oh, wait a minute, I don't have to do that thing anymore. Now, as we say, BS can stand for a lot of things. But right now, let it stand for belief system. In other words, this is just what I believed. That doesn't have to be the way it is. If it can be challenged, if it can be taken away, it's not the truth. It's just what you believe. And what you believe is very powerful, but it's nothing compared with what you know. What do you believe versus what you know? There are times when you can be so afraid about stuff and go, wait a minute, that's just what I've been taught to believe because I had a weird childhood. That's what I've been taught to believe because I watch culture that says you're no good unless you have a Maserati in the driveway. That's just a belief system. That's not the truth. What if we have a really good BS detector? We become the kind of person that goes, you know what, I'm not playing that game anymore. What if we learn how to trust our gut to go from what we know instead of what we've been told? rules to live by. And then finally, rule number three that balances everything else out and just kind of brings us all the way around. Rule number three. Laurie Anderson, Lou Reed's Rules for Life. Rule number three. Be really, really tender. Be really, really tender. What if I just love? 
What if when I see other people, I celebrate something? What if when I, when I act, everything I do is a tithe? <laughs> you know, I want you to tithe on Sunday morning. We're trying to build a building and all that, blah, 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 blah. You get it. But I don't want God to just happen for you on Sunday morning. I want you to live this life with the idea that miracles are wherever I am because I am at one with the infinite. However you need to say that God is here, the kingdom of heaven is in your midst. You pick a phrase that works for you. But I want you to be the kind of person that says, wait a minute, I worship God by seeing God in action right now and I serve God by serving God's children. What if this moment is a celebration? And what if whoever is in front of you, you say, you are amazing. And I don't get everything there is to get about you, but that ain't my job. I'm just here to say, all right, let's figure something out. Let's grow together. What if I'm a little bit more tender with people and I treat people with just a little bit more care? What happens? It's so funny because, as I said, I started thinking about that on uh, last Sunday. And Jenny didn't know that I was thinking about that. So I kind of, you know, me and my journals, I can head down and that sort of thing. And then on Thursday, something happened that I didn't find out about right away. Um, people were coming over. We have ladies group at our house. You know, ladies drink free. No, I'm just kidding. That's not what I mean. <laughs> We have... <laughs> oh, what a night. No, um... <laughs> We have women's group at our house. And just like the men's group, it's a time for some social stuff, but they work through some Bible passages. And it's a time for sharing and prayer. And if people have stuff they're working on, they work on it together. And it's a beautiful thing. Sometimes we have it at our house. And usually I'm out of the house, but sometimes I just sort of hide upstairs and I put my music on and I work on my talk. And, you know, I'm just, nobody knows I'm there. I don't know what's going on downstairs. And it's for the best for everybody. So I'm upstairs hiding. And what I didn't know was that Jenny opened the door because one of the people from women's group was coming in. And we live on kind of a busy street, and evidently somebody was walking down the street with issues <laughs> and maybe a little bit of alcohol. <laughs> issues plus alcohol, that's bad. Um, don't try this at home. But apparently they were walking down the middle of the road, and they were swearing, and they were mad. You can just feel the anger of it, and it was kind of a big deal. And the person who came in kind of, you know, like you would come in out of the rain. Like, there's some bad stuff going on out there. Because the guy was swearing and angry, and he said, nobody listens to anybody anymore, and nobody helps anybody anymore, and we're all on our own, and blah, blah, blah. Add whatever swear words you like in and through all of those. You've got a good imagination. Now, before I tell you what my wife did, I want you to think what you might do. Because I don't know about you, but in different moments of my life, I might just dial 9-1 and wait or I might say, get in the house, we'll close the door. Or I might kind of look through the blinds. What would you do? My wife opened the door and she said, how can I help you? That's what she did. <laughs> I'm not sure I would have done that. But she didn't say it like, hey, buzz off. Or use whatever word you like. She said, how can I help you? Because I know this woman enough to know that she wanted to help. Here's someone who needs help, who is literally walking down the street saying, nobody helps anybody anymore. So my wife says, okay, how can I help you? And there was some swearing, and there was some moments, and he started to approach. And my wife said, you know what? We're going to talk from right here, because love involves boundaries. <laughs> no, that's appropriate. Because love isn't about putting up with, right? 
Love is about empowering the best in others. And it turned out that all he needed was just to get what was a couple of blocks away, and he was lost, and nobody would tell him where to go. I'm sure lots of people wanted to tell him where to go, but, but that's not what happened. And so Jenny worked with him for a minute and said, it's just right around the corner. Just go this way and make a left. You're good. Now, do you need anything else? Because we got other people in the house. We can help. We can figure it out. No, I'm good. And then he said, I'm sorry. Now, what would you do? Some people would just go, okay, we're good, you're good, we're going to close the door now. And she said, you know what? If you stopped yelling, maybe people would want to help you. We're all in this together. Because that's what those three steps look like. Don't be afraid of anybody because we're all working on stuff. <laughs> Get a good BS detector. Nobody helps anybody? BS, here I am. And be really, really tender. If you want to help somebody, if you want help, ask in a loving way. There's a way to just cut through all the baloney. There's a way to be a hero. And it involves just showing up and saying, how can I help you? You know, it's a very Christian thing to do, to cut through the baloney. But I love the fact that, that I didn't even find out about it. Because if I had done that, if I had actually managed to connect with that great story, I would have run upstairs. You know what I just did? I would have been on Facebook. I would have told everybody. I don't even think that everybody that was there at women's group knew about it. <laughs> it, it happened at the very beginning, evidently. I didn't know about it upstairs. I didn't find out until a day or so later. Jenny said, you know what happened to me? Did you hear about this? I would have shouted it from the rooftops. But let's be the kind of people who that just sort of, that's just Thursday. It's time to cut through what doesn't work and start to get to the brass tacks of what does. And that is a very Christian thing to do. You know the deal. People ask Jesus, you know, we live in a culture, people might say then and they could say now, where the object seems to be to add more rules and regulations and more stuff that we've got to do and more guidelines and more uh, installation agreements and compatibility disclaimers and whatever else. And they said to Jesus, we've got all of these rules to, to get right with God, to follow the religious practices, to do the thing. And it's confusing. Where do I go? What do I read? What translation? How does it work? And you know this part of scripture. It's important for us because one of the keys of this church is let's get done with the baloney, right? We talk about it all the time. And Jesus said, you, you know, if you want to live up to all the rules, here's the law and the prophets. Here's all the rules. You ready? And he quoted scripture. Did you know that? He didn't make that up. It was from the scripture that they all knew. Because you have the truth in you already. He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your might. And you will love your neighbor as yourself. If you do that, you're checking all the boxes. That's all it is. All you have to do. Doesn't matter what day of the week you do a thing on. Doesn't matter what direction you face. It doesn't matter what you eat or don't eat. It doesn't matter what you wear. Doesn't matter where you've been or what language you speak or anything else. Can you love not just with what's in between your ears, your mind? Can you love with your mind and your soul? And can you love with all your might? And can you take it outside? Can you love your neighbor as yourself? And that's the thing. You know, that's why uh, that piece of scripture in Corinthians, that's why love is the greatest of these things. It says, love is the thing that has a gravitational pull. Love is the thing that demands. When you love, you move. 
When you love, you get greedy for more love. When you love, you see how well it works, just how dang functional it is, and you want more of it. Love works. Love demands us to break down the barriers between everything that isn't love. That's why love is magic. So maybe it's time for us to make a little bit more room. That's what love does. Maybe it's time for us to not just have an idea on the inside. Wouldn't it be nice if we were all nice to each other? Wouldn't it be nice if, you know, it's a Beach Boys song. Wouldn't it be nice? Well, you know what? Let's make it nice. God gave us this power to change something. What if we got out there and changed it? The heroic quality is the quality of taking out the garbage. And that means wouldn't it be nice if we just let go of what wasn't love? Because that's what love does. It demands more love. Can you give yourself to that? I don't know how it works. I just know that it works. And that's enough. Can you take out the trash? And I get it. We're not taught that. We're taught to acquire more. We're taught to add more on. If you have a problem, you need to buy these things. You need to do these things. You need to fill out your to-do list. You need to master this. You need to read all these books. You need to have all this stuff going on. And I love it. It's such a great scam because you go to the people who have sold you whatever it was that doesn't make your life better, and you go, my life's not better. I bought all of your equipment. And they go, oh, well, you need the new stuff. So you buy that. And you go, now it's just really heavy. And they go, oh, well, we sell lighter stuff now. Fill in the blank. It happens in culture. It happens in religion. It happens in relationships. It happens so much that, that all people really want when they get a break is to escape. I just want to get away. Think about how often you hear somebody say, I can't wait to get away from all of this. Whether it's I want to go on the cruise or I want to get away or I want to throw it away or even I want to go up to heaven or I want my ship to come in or I want Prince or Princess Charming to swing in Tarzan on a vine and get me out of here. Think about how often that is. But think about this. If your life is so messed up that the only hope you have is to get away from it, is that how you want to live? No, vacations are awesome. But are you taking it because you have built a toxic life to get away from? That's not what God wants for you. I came that your joy may be full. What if you built a life that you didn't need a vacation from? How about that? But we know that. You know that your job doesn't get better if you're looking on LinkedIn all day because you're not doing your job. You know that a relationship won't get better if you're always the, looking at other people. You know that if you got one foot out the door, if you're trying to go up to heaven, the world right now gets worse. We know that a physical escape is not the way that this works. So let's also stop trying to look for a logical escape. And by that, I mean there are people who go, okay, I'm not trying to get away anymore, but, but I know that it's really spiritual if it makes no sense. <laughs> you ever heard people say that? It's so spiritual because I wear these things and I don't even understand. It's so spiritual because I get to wear a hat. Um, it's so spiritual because none of it has any logic at all. It's so spiritual. It must be magical because I say words, I don't even know what the words mean. Come on. Here's what I want you to know today. God made that beautiful heart of yours. But God also made your brain. What if we use them both? That's all. What I'm trying to say is love makes sense. What I'm trying to say is it is time to decide what doesn't work. It is time to decide that love is not about what we can put up with. It is time to remember that, that every time you felt victorious, every time you felt free, every time you really felt it, think about times in your life, man. When you graduated from something or you sat behind the wheel of a car, you got a new job, you did a thing, and you said, yes, I'm taller, I'm bigger, I can tie my shoes now. Think about the victorious moments, and I bet you anything 
that the moment that happened right before that moment involved you letting go of something. You got done with a toxic relationship. You finished all of your studies so that you could graduate. You said no to something. What if it's time to let go of something that doesn't work? What if it's time to let go? When all else fails, read the instructions. Because when you give yourself to love, you can endure all things. You can believe all things. You can put up with anything. But you're not here to put up with stuff. The secret sauce, the thing that makes love work, is when you tell the truth. I know that you've been taught to believe all kinds of things. And what you believe can tie you in knots. You can believe there's a boogeyman under the bed. You can believe that some people are bad because they got different color skin. You can believe all kinds of dumb stuff. And it can just tie you in a knot. Hmm. But what you believe is nothing compared with what you know. What do you know in your heart? What is unchallengeable? What is unevaluatable? What can you not even name? It's just so true that it's true. If you look in that place, it might not be a long list right now, but there's something there, and that something is love. It's not about what you believe. Time to throw that away. What do you know? That's what God wants for you, because you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Because after all, freedom is a choice. Thank you. Hey, this is Dieter Randolph, and I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the lesson and hopefully for taking some time to apply what we talked about in your life. That's where this really happens. I love the idea that church isn't something that happens to you, but rather something that happens through you. What you do, based on what you've heard, can change your life and really change the world. This is just the beginning of a bigger journey. And if you want to continue your journey with us, I'd love for you to like and subscribe us on YouTube or you can watch the videos. Come join us in person, our street address, and all kinds of information is at our website, waterandstonechurch.com. All of that sort of thing. If you want to give electronically, that's where to do it. If you want to connect with us on social media, and you really should, do that there. Waterandstonechurch.com. Thank you for being a part of this work. <laughs>